What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 169. And this kind of show is the, like, one of the easier shows we do because it, it doesn't take a lot of prep or, or research because it pretty much writes itself when you get around free agency time and all the signings and it really just, okay, we're going to talk about this. Cool. And then go off on that topic for five or 10 minutes and it, it's five minutes to do a, a rundown and it's, it's great. Um, so when you're busy during the week and don't have time to do it, these are the best shows to do. So we're going to get a couple, a couple baseball signings. Uh, one that happened late last night that some people might still be hearing as, you know, as we you know record this, um, you know, Carlos Correa, you know, is he going to resign with the Astros? Is he going to go to the Yankees? Is he going to sign with another big name contender? A long-term deal. We're thinking 10 years where people are talking 400 million, insane numbers. Right. So naturally, he signs a three-year deal with the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> and what was like, that's a head-scratcher. The Twins just traded away uh, some talent, traded away Josh right. Donaldson, uh, did acquire you know things in return, obviously. They got Gary Sanchez for whatever that's worth. Maybe a change of scenery will help him. But Correa, three years, 100 and what, 105? It comes, it comes like 36 per. Yeah. Outstanding money. Uh, but this guy was talking, he wanted to be in like Mike Trout territory with his contract. Didn't touch that. And quite honestly, he's not Mike Trout. Let's be real. Uh, Mike Trout is Mike Trout. Even when there wasn't talent, a lot of talent around him in LA and Correa had abundance of talent around him, not taken away from anything from him. Just that's the reality of it. Uh, great move by the twins. It's not super long-term. If it doesn't work out, if you know, he's movable. Certainly tradable. That's that's a contract that most teams for his talent will be able able to take on without a problem. Uh, couldn't be better for the Twins. Works out well for Correa, like you said. Three years. When that three years is up, if he's still in Minnesota, he'll be able to sign another long term deal, assumably for big money, uh, or presumably, excuse me. Kind of a win win for everybody. Uh, and the other one, the other big one that I can remember offhand is Freddie Freeman. Mr. Brave, Mr. I want to be here, Mr. I'm going to sign you, Mr. I'm going to do everything I can, but I don't want to talk about a contract during the season, uh, packed up and went to L.A. So <laughs> he went to the Dodgers, and, and the Dodgers uh, attempt to just have an all-star team every time they take the field. Uh, I guess Freeman was really butthurt that they couldn't get a contract on in Atlanta, so the Braves, before he left, they, they traded for Matt Olson. I guess he was offended by that because they were supposed to only make him a priority, even though they weren't making any headway on a contract. Um, makes him just look kind of foolish over the past couple of years when he's, I want to be in Atlanta, I want to be in Atlanta. Oh, you trade for somebody else? I don't like it. Oh, I'm going to go to LA now. Just say you wanted to take the money, dude. That's fine. No one's going to fault you for that. Just don't don't make up an excuse. Like You had a lot of goodwill in that city, and it makes yourself look like a doofus. Uh, but those are the two. Uh, baseball? Signings, the big ones that I can think of. There's a couple other ones. Uh, Castiano signed somewhere. Uh, where, where, where do you go? L.A. too? No, Philly. Philly. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, I didn't, oh, geez, I didn't realize that was the Dodgers too. Uh, he signed in Philly. Um, and I don't think anything really else groundbreaking happened. We're not covering a lot of baseball because obvious reasons. Like, they don't care <laughs> about their fan base, so we're not going to spend too much time on them. But, uh, yeah, we had 
Uh, anything else? Yeah, Twins Korea, three for 105.3. Um, so I do have some interesting points on that one. Okay. On on, on Korea, and then I'd like to touch on um, Freeman real quick. Okay. So Korea is actually, if you look at it, Chris, um, if you go to spottrack.com, um, it's actually three one-year deals. What? He has opt-outs all three years. Oh, wow. He's got, he's got a limited no-trade clause this season, and then in each subsequent year, if he's with the team, he has a full no-trade clause. So he literally has all the power. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Um, I, I find it interesting because there was rumors. I mean, I'm sure you've heard there was rumors about the Yankees before the lockout. Oh yeah, yeah, that they were going to hard press for him. So, and then we saw the deal go down. Donaldson going to the Yankees with um, I can't remember how else went the went to the Yankees, but uh, that was that was a money dump by the Twins that kind of thank you from the Yankees a little bit so that they can make this move. But, you know, I, I, I've seen some pushback on Twitter from Yankees fans on, you know, why would you make this deal when you could have had Correa? It's like, I wonder what the sequence events was yes, and yeah. where are their negotiations with Correa when the lockout start before, before when the lockout started and then afterwards where their sense was. Cause if I'm a big money team, this contract is not appealing to a big market team because you could essentially at the end of the first season be without a star shortstop. And then that's highly affecting the rest of your off season and into the next season. Cause you could plan for having this guy who is still in the prime of his career one of the best, if not the best, shortstop in the league. So I can see why the Twins would do it because mm-hmm. it's almost if he prices himself out, he will go back on the market. And then he can move on, and they will move on. And the Twins, the Rays, the Athletics, they do these kind of stuff where they're just going to try to maximize what they can out of a player for the period of time that they're there, and they will have a plan in place for them afterwards. So. Uh, if you're a Yankees fan, a Red Sox fan, even a Houston fan for that matter, you shouldn't be too upset about this because I don't think if you're one of those teams, this is a deal that you would want your star shortstop to sign for a contender year in and year out because it just, it just puts you in a position where you might have to overextend yourself for a replacement that may not be as good. And, and I don't know about you, Chris. We don't see that this kind of talent hit the free agency all that often. He is, you know, he's up. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down on him. I okay. just, I got, I got turned off from even the prospect. And that sucks. We're never really in discussion to sign him, anyways. But I got, I got really turned off the way he was acting going into free agency end of the season, like walking around like his his crap didn't stink. Um, I'm going to cost so much. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Making it pretty clear it was about the money and not anything else. Or making it sound that way, at least, mm-hmm. whether it was or wasn't. Who knows? I'm not in Mr. Correa's head. I can't answer that, right. but that's how it appeared. Uh, so, I mean, I did have questions as to you have a, a, a superstar lineup down there in Houston. 
a lot of talent. Many years of first round picks, high first round picks really helped that out. And he had a lot of talent around him. He was protected in the lineup. Not taking anything away from him. He still had good numbers. He still played well. He still plays, a, 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 I'm pretty sure, an above average defense. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, not saying he's a trash player by any means. Is he that elite talent? Or was he elevated with talent around him? We're going to find out now because there's some good players in Minnesota, but not nearly the talent that he had around him in Houston. So we're going to find out really quick. And I think from that point of view, it's a really good contract for Correa because he's guaranteed $105 million now because it, it's it's his to decline if he doesn't want to activate the next year. Right, right. So if he goes out there and he is very underwhelming in year one, Twins can't do anything about it. No. He's... You know, I still think it's a good deal for them because in order to get this kind of talent, they had to make those, they had yeah. to make those uh, reservations. So they had really had no choice if they wanted this to work. And for him, it's great because yeah, he could have probably gotten a longer term contract for more years from a big market team, but then he doesn't quite have the control he has now at the prime of his career. So it'll be interesting to see, but he could very well be just that good. We're going to find out. And uh, on Freeman. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I can't blame him for being upset a little bit. Um, but in, in, on the other side, if the Braves aren't making headway, nothing's going down. Uh, they're far on years, compensation, you know, literature, what, you know, what, 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 what he's looking for. You're the Braves, and unfortunately, it is everyone's doing on this part because you're in such a compressed time frame that you don't have that elongated time because you were locked out for how many, was it, 99 days? Yes. Um, So I can't blame the Braves for saying, you know what? We got to make this deal for Olsen. We're going to give him this contract. Uh, I believe he's younger than Freddie Freeman, I'm pretty sure. and. He goes and then Freddie goes out and gets his money with the Dodgers, like everyone else does, apparently. And uh, if you want to get paid, go to the Dodgers. They're like the uh, Yankees, I guess. And and if you're trying to dump uh, high priced talent, well, just trade with the Dodgers because they'll they did it twice for the Red Sox. So just go ahead and do that. Uh, I I just can't blame either side. You know, it's just a matter of the business and realistically it's all their faults because they put themselves in this position because of the lockout because they couldn't agree on shit so that's that's my position on freddie freeman olsen is 27 uh freeman is 32 yeah so you're talking uh five years five year difference i don't look it's not i blame freeman for being bothered by the fact they offered him a big contract when they weren't talking to freeman i think it's a little disingenuous of him to act like it's all the team's fault when they were willing to negotiate with him the last couple of seasons, and he said, no, let's just wait till the offseason. I'm a free agent. Like, they were willing to do a deal with him last regular season, during right. the season. He didn't want to talk during the season, which doesn't make any sense to me. You're there. You say you, you, say you want to be there. And then, you know, you have the lockout, which stupidity on everyone's behalf who was involved. Yep. And... Then you come out of it, and there's just very seemingly very little chatter. I'm sure there's a ton, a ton we didn't see behind the scenes. Obviously, we're not insiders; we're just a couple of fans who you know enjoy doing podcasting on sports, right? So, 
I mean, I, I don't blame him for being upset, but he's got to look in a mirror and go, that's a direct result of my actions because I told them I wanted to wait till now. In other words, I want to hit the market and see what I'm worth. I'm not negotiating now, which is his complete right. But then he can't be upset when a team turns around and says, we're not making any headway and we can trade for this guy, sign him long-term and he's younger. If, if, we not, if we're not sure where you stand, you're out there fielding offers, then we're going to do this deal. So it's the business part of it. I don't think anyone's to blame or fault. I don't think Freeman's like a massive a-hole for it or nothing. I just think he has to look in the mirror. It's a little disingenuous for him to say, oh, I don't know why they didn't. Well, you could have negotiated last year. You had all year. Oh. So I did have a funny tidbit just before we uh, finish off. Sure. There are three teams. Um, the Cleveland, in, uh, not sorry, Cleveland Guardians. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Baltimore Orioles all have payrolls that are less than Carlos Correa's contract. Uh, the overall contract or per year? Per year. Wow. Jeez, man. Yeah. That tells you, that tells you, um, and, and I'll finish off with this. Some of the MLPA's issues with the, the, the ownership and the, and the teams is that there needs to be a floor. I have no problem with that floor being installed because no. you have to, you have a guy that just signed for more money than three professional teams. Why and do you think why do you think Derek Jeter left the front office of the Marlins? Right. You think because Derek Jeter got tired of baseball? And I'm I'm a Red Sox fan, but uh, so I, I respect Jeter's game, but I'm by no means a Derek Jeter fan. But why the hell do you think one of the great champions and and his generation of of sports? wanted to not be involved in something he was very excited about anymore because the front office has shown time after time they weren't going to re-sign young talent. They weren't going to put a competitive team on the field. It was strictly – the Marlins are strictly a money-making thing for the owners, not a competitive yep. thing. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> any team any team in baseball would find a spot for Derek Jeter in their in – their even if he's not in the ownership group, in the front office somewhere. Yep. You think the Yankees wouldn't make room for him somehow? Come on. Oh, absolutely. They'd absolutely. create a title for him tomorrow, pay him a bunch of money just so he could – have be a goodwill ambassador for the team. Like it, it just, just he didn't leave because he got tired of baseball. <laughs> okay, now on to the NFL, and it's you know it's just a shame nothing big really happened from last week to this week, so we don't have any, anything to discuss. Uh, very little happened. Only some of the greatest players of this generation move teams. <laughs> so, so Chris, where? <laughs> um, dumb question. Where exactly do you want to start? Because I feel like oh, anything we start talking about w- w- could go on and on and on. So uh, I-, I know I want to get to um, at some point, I want to talk about the Patriots and, and what they have or haven't done. Um, oh, I do too. I actually put that down. I think, I think, and I don't know if we're on different sides of this fence, but I think we might be. Uh, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. But um, I don't know. Where do, where do you want to start? Let's uh, well, we brought up the Patriots. Let's just start with J.C. Jackson. Yeah. Um, this one isn't surprising because he was a free agent, uh, yeah. and he came out and said, "I want Jalen Ramsey money. I want to be one of the highest paid corners in the league." And um, look, I think the last couple of years, this isn't going to be a popular opinion, but the last couple of years, especially with some of these great defenders. Uh, it's been proven you can win a Super Bowl with a mediocre secondary. Uh, you can't win a Super Bowl with a bad defensive line. Um, and the Patriots are going to invest that money in the linebackers and 
the defensive line as opposed to paying somebody 20 plus million a year um i <laughs> and i do wonder if this is a classic example of is he that good or did he have a good game plan how many times have we seen this with the exception of chandler jones who's the last player to leave the patriots on free agency and have a dominant career somewhere else. Usually it's a couple of years, they peter out, and then they either come back or they end up playing for a non-contender for the rest of their career. Like, uh, the system makes a lot of them. It's Belichick's system. Well, Seymour was traded, though. Okay, okay. Seymour was a trade. It was a little bit different. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't his leaving because he actually did. If I remember correctly, he was pretty upset about the trade. He didn't like it. He wanted to be in New England. Um, So... I'm, I'm talking strictly like free agents who are like, I want this kind of money. It happened to DM Branch. It happened a couple of times to Jimmy Collins. Uh, you know, um, just happened to Van Noy, who they had then released again. This happens. Now, J.C. Jackson could go on to be one of the great corners in NFL history. Who knows? Right. He certainly looks like he has the, the uh, athletic ability to do so. However, the contract was too expensive. And when we get into the... Uh, I completely understand them not re-signing him. And in fact, I was in favor of them not re-signing him for that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, when we get to our, our, our discussion on the Patriots and what they are or are not doing, uh, I will elaborate on that, but I don't want to, you know, spoil it now. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, sorry to see him go. He was a, a great player. kind of came out of nowhere a few years ago. Uh, but, I mean, that's the New England way of things. They pay people yeah. when they have the money, and when they don't have the money, they let them walk, and they'll get compensatory picks probably uh, for him, and uh, they'll move on to the next person, and we'll see if that works out or not in their favor. But that's how they that that's their system, and they don't stray away from the system. If they don't have the money, they don't spend it. Yeah, and now you're because it's not just J.C. Jackson on his own. It's it's Derwin James at safety. It's Joey Bosa, it's Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah, the defense is They are stacked. They are they're mimicking what the LA Rams did. Yeah. And the LA Rams, because you could say what you want. Uh if you're a Rams and you can say what you want about the offense. It was was dynamic at some points, but realistically, as you pointed out, you know, they do have a top tier cornerback. They do nothing if they do not have number 99 on that defensive line. Yeah absolutely nothing that guy is the reason why they won ramsey got uh, torched multiple times in that super bowl right by a rookie by a rookie and, so and i'm not and i'm not gonna say that jc is gonna get burned i'm not gonna say that no. uh, you know i mean corners and safeties are gonna blow coverages all the time sure it's just like you know defensive linemen are gonna get blown up on double teams uh, and sometimes single teams mm-hmm. they're gonna get handled but nine times out of ten you know Aaron Donald is going to be an impact and Jalen Ramsey is going to make his plays. I I just see what the chargers are doing. And, and not only are they loading up because they're mimicking what the Rams did, but you have to look at their division and, you know, now you have, and we'll get to this, this, this earth shattering chain trade by the Las Vegas Raiders uh, acquiring Devontae Adams. Oh, dude. And you have obviously Casey and everything that they do. Um, I don't know if you just saw, I don't know if you saw it, but Juju Smith-Schuster got picked up by yes. the Chiefs. Yep. yep. And obviously we talked about it last week, Russell Wilson going to Denver. 
this is this is them not only reacting to what the Rams are doing, but what their teams and their divisions are doing. I don't know what this division is going to look like, Chris, but it's going to be one of, if not the most competitive division uh, oh. in in the oh, NFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say them and the AFC North, like AFC. And we're probably you're probably going to hear a lot about this over the rest of the offseason and into the regular season. AFC is stacked at positions, not just quarterback. Uh, let's not let's not just stay quarterback. Multiple positions they are stacked on. I, I don't know. I mean, the Rams had a hell of a game plan and a hell of a uh, uh, kind of just took over at some points, and then obviously had one of the best in Cooper Cup take over. Uh, but AFC is just going to keep throwing these massive teams with quarterbacks that are just tremendous. And uh, I like what, I like what the chargers are doing. I really do. Cause it's what I think a certain team that we'll talk about should be doing young quarterback rookie deal. Go, go in now because it's going to be tougher down the road. Right. And that, that's exactly what I was going to say. They have the novelty to be able to do that because they're not paying Justin Herbert, what Justin Herbert will eventually make. Right. So they have the ability to go get a J.C. Jackson, a Khalil Mack. This is a team probably, uh, you know, much like the Chiefs, where you're starting to see them have to kind of put some pieces together towards the back end of the roster or, or certain positions right? that are a little bit more affordable and not the guys they necessarily would want to have in there because, you know, Kelsey's contract is hitting certain certain things, and so is Mahomes, which is massive, and Chris Jones and – well, not they, that they're going to they, be, not that they're going to be trash, but they, you know, there are certain, you know, it does affect the, the, the you know, we're, we're going to get to this too when we get to that same team we keep talking about. Yeah. It, there are certain things that affect your ability to sign other players that you may want to keep because you know you can only roll over so much for so long. And and, and even though they they signed Juju, um, and you can, you know, Byron Pringle's not like earth-shattering loss but he was effective at his position and he's a younger uh player than juju and i just think if you look at the balance because there was a, a meme that went out that mahomes is gonna have to deal with uh two tech talkers now because yes he deals he yep. deals with his dumbass dumb brother um and now he's gonna have to deal with Juju, and Juju didn't get uh, chump change. He got what was it, ten, ten and a half, yeah, ten and like a half, that, yeah, for one year. But you're kind of seeing what they're gonna have to do. They're gonna have to play this this little shell game. And, and, and let's be let's be clear, a lot of teams did a lot of of, of mathematic gymnastics to to make the sec to get under the salary cap numbers, and also there was three at least two to three teams that were doing a lot of gymnastics to try to acquire a guy that got, uh, that got traded yesterday, uh, which at some point we'll get to, but yeah, you know, this is why uh, we can look at the cap all we want, but in, in all reality, I, I've, I've experienced this and I'm sure you have too. Uh, the money really doesn't matter. It, 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 it just doesn't the, the cap numbers, they're just, no, it's 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 imaginary at my point um, and my perspective. It's almost imaginary at this point. They can move money and, and make it work. They can. However, 
you can, like I said, you can only do it so much, and there is right. there there is a time when you pay the piper. And the Patriots sure. found that out two years ago when Brady left. It was okay. Now we have all this dead cap. We can only sign. We have a million dollars in cap room. We can only sign Cam Newton for to play quarterback. That's all we have. And then because they were smart in other areas, they had all this money to spend in free agency last year. Uh, so which is another thing we're going to discuss about that team. Uh, but yeah, not to be a downer, but there's a lot of teams that not only draft pick wise, but capital wise with massive contracts are mortgaging their future on the fact that in the next two to four years, they can win a championship. Because if they don't, a lot of these contracts are going to hit the later stages and are going to be cutting people. They're going to be dead cap. It's going to be very ugly for several teams when that happens. And even if it doesn't get to a point where it's out and out, just ugly, it will get to a point where they just can't sign anybody past their two or three top stars. And that's a nice segue into what I think, honestly, is the surprise move of the offseason. And I was shocked. I got I was at I was at work. I was I was covering a meeting for the newspaper. I was not even on my phone. I wasn't paying attention. It's a long meeting. I went in about six thirty, got out about nine o'clock, and a couple of texts from you and some other people mm. about Devontae Adams. And I was like, what did I miss? And sure enough, I click up NFL.com and Devontae Adams traded after signing his franchise tag or being having the franchise tag placed on him yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first and second round pick this upcoming draft. I did not see that coming because, and I should have realistically. I don't know why I didn't once I once it got broken down and I was reading the series of events that kind of led to it. it. It should have made perfect sense, but I didn't catch on to it. The Packers spent the last two years worrying strictly about a guy who wasn't sure if he wanted to be there. Aaron Rodgers, in classic Aaron Rodgers fashion, made it all about Aaron Rodgers. Devonte even tried taking up for Aaron Rodgers, saying, I want Aaron here. If he's not here, I'm not sure I want to be here. Even when they should have been trying to re-sign Devontae Adams, all they did was try to throw the franchise tag on him, and they went right back to worrying about what Aaron Rodgers was doing. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. Devontae Adams is a generational talent. That man is so good, it's almost not fair. You could probably make him play with one hand tied behind his back, and he'd still probably be a top-ten receiver in this freaking league. He's that good. And they weren't even worried about him. They just thought they had him in their pocket because they had Aaron Rodgers. That's insulting. And I'm not a very overly sensitive person when it comes to that stuff, but that's insulting. Yeah. Especially when he was saying he would stay there with them. So then they get Rodgers all set and they turn to Devontae and they're like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll pay you now. And he's like, well, I'm good now. Trade me. <laughs> Send me somewhere <laughs> else. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, you burned that bridge. It's been two years. You know, it's like you like this girl and you're trying to impress her for two years and you're talking to her and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden she wants something to do with you. And then you meet somebody who actually is nice to you and you start dating her. And it's other girls like, oh, but I'm interested now. Well, of course you are. But now I'm good. Thanks. Sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, it, the you know, all of a sudden, as soon as Aaron Rodgers was taken care of, Devontae Adams was the prettiest girl at the bar. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know what? I have other options. I'm good. Any team, any team would want me on their team. So uh, I have... More to say, obviously, from Mr. Rogers' perspective, because this is this, <laughs> my, this is my favorite thing. I love this so much, um, but I don't want to bogar all the time here, so I will no, cede the floor to you. you. I, I, I'm intrigued that you know he got his deal five years, one forty. 
uh, 65, almost 66 guaranteed, which, hey, that's pretty good, man. <laughs> that's quarterback money. Lot. That's quarterback that's, money. That's, uh, yeah, that is quarterback money. Um, I don't blame Devontae because it was a lot of all about Aaron and, and it shouldn't about be about ego. And you're right. He did support Aaron throughout the entire thing. Um, my contention would be is one, either a y'all could have been doing two things at once. It's like, we're offering this contract to Aaron. And while we're doing this, we're talking to Devontae and saying, okay, let's see how, how the numbers are going to line up. And because Aaron was still under contract, if I'm not mistaken, he was not a free agent. No, no. Devontae was like, Devontae should have been the priority. It shouldn't have been, oh, shit, it's almost the last day. Hey, let's throw the tag on him before it's up. Right. Nah, you, you gotta, you gotta prioritize your free agents, not your bitchy quarterback that every year is gonna wonder. You know, huh, do I want to play or not? Do I want to be traded to this team or not? It's like, all right, well, now they're all in on Aaron Rodgers for the next few years. Uh, they better be trading Jordan Love because his value is dropping by the second. I, I was telling somebody, I don't know if I was talking to you or, or somebody else, I said, if, if Jordan Love is not traded by, I would say, the week after the draft – maybe a little less than that. His value will continue to plummet each and every second he is on the Green Bay. Oh, I'd, I'd agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and right now his values, realistically, Chris, maybe a two, more like a three. I was going to say a, a three. Maybe a three and a five tops. With the possibility of it escalating depending sure. on sure. play or playoff uh, seating or whatever. But I just don't see – I don't see once you because we still got a few quarterback situations to suss out. That's one, and two, we got some kids in the draft. I know I've I've crapped on them, but they're still good that they can be drafted. And now you've yeah, it's it's the game of musical chairs, Chris. At see, some point, but to be fair to you, you haven't crapped on them. You've just said they're not top prospects like the last two years. Right. That's what you said. We don't have the five. Five big name quarterbacks in the last two drafts each year. That's we can all do math out here. We both have you know, (laughs) hopefully two full hands of fingers and thumbs. That's ten, right? So, I mean, that's a lot. And not let's be realistic. As much as everybody who is a fan of one of those teams wants it, their guy to be the best. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, realistically, maybe three to five of those guys are going to be really successful. Uh, we're already questioning Tua being a starter. Yeah. I know he's had some injuries. Who knows? Herbert and Burrow look rock solid. They look tremendous. Um, you know, and then you have Jalen Hurts in Philly, who looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look last year. I give him credit. He got better on a team that was rebuilding after a very, very tough time. And then you have uh, Jordan Love. And who knows? The one start we saw wasn't great. Um. And, you know, it's not fair to judge somebody just on one start because in Mahomes' first start the year before he started full-time, he was not what he became that following year. So you never know. It could have been any number of reasons why Jordan Love didn't look good in that game. But you're right. His value drops 
especially around the draft anytime. But you haven't sat there and crapped on any of these these young quarterbacks. You've just said there isn't a Trevor Lawrence. No, there isn't a Trey not. Lance. There isn't a Mac Jones on paper. Who knows what they're going to be, but it's not the perceived um, ceiling for these guys. And the influx of talent. And, and, and then we have to look at next year as well, Chris. The talent next year looks much better than the ones this year. So teams are going to factor that into play. There's only so many teams. And you just had a, a 40, 40 year old quarterback come back out of retirement. So now there's a, a Tampa Bay team that doesn't need a, doesn't need a quarterback B they think Kyle Trask is an answer, which that's garbage. Uh, and three, you're not, you're with your first round pick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not taking a quarterback. No, no. Uh, Cause they're just not, and they're not doing it with their second round pick either. So like this, this is that numbers game, and honestly, honestly, um, yeah. If I'm the Packers, I, I'm on the phone with Indianapolis. I'm on the phone with. I know Seattle traded for Drew Lock. They like Drew Lock. I'd be on the phone with Seattle and saying, "Hey, what's going on?" I'd be on the phone with Pittsburgh and saying, "Do you really like Mitchie Trubisky, or?" Do you want to dip your toe into Jordan Love? Because maybe Jordan Love actually has a chance to win the starting job down there. I would do anything and everything to try to make myself uh, put myself in a position where I can trade Jordan Love for at least a high third that has a possibility of moving up depending on performance. That's what I would do because what was it? Four years for uh, Rogers. Yeah. Four at almost 50 per almost fully guaranteed. So hey, I, I saw God. I say A, you need all the money you can get uh, uh from the cap. Uh and B that that Jordan Love being on the team is just gonna continue to be a waste of talent. Yes. Whether he pans out or not, I don't know, but I, it it's it's just not gonna work out for you. You can you can they can draft uh fourth round, fifth round quarterback in this draft and say, Hey, he's just here as a camp body as a piece and maybe they can work with him. And, you know, who knows what might happen if Rogers gets hurt, retires early, whatever they can deal with that down the road. But I think right now they just need to get all the assets they can to put around Rogers, especially with now Devonte Adams in Las Vegas, because they're going to need to look at the free agent market for wide receivers. And they need to look at the draft. And I'm telling you, uh, they have uh, 20, what was it, 28, and then they got 22 from the Raiders, I think. So yeah. they're, uh, they're, they can get some receivers, and they'll be pretty good. This is a good receiver class. Um, I don't think there's anyone uh, that is any different than the rest of them. I mean, they, I, I would kind of clump them all together together. Uh, Equally talented. Like, they're really good, especially the kid out of Alabama who tore his ACL in the college football playoffs. I, I think there's talent there. It's just let's, – let's be, let's be completely transparent, Chris. They're not Devontae Adams. And I feel like this, this trade uh, is going to come back and bite them in the ass just because they had the opportunity to keep the guy uh, – 
through the whole free agent process. Uh, and they just didn't. And it, it's just the Green Bay Packers going and coalescing to what Aaron Rodgers wants. And now you have Devontae Adams as a Raider, and they really don't have a number one or number two, no. maybe a number three. But even that, uh, I, 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 I like the move for the Raiders, though. I do oh, like it. For the Raiders? We're, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. Believe me, some of the moves they made. Um, or at least in regards to – well, I have a question about the division. Let me just – let me. I'll, I'll say it that way. Yeah, I, I saw a funny meme yesterday. It was uh, it was from the Titanic from the end when Rose is on, the, on uh, that door and then Jack is in the water. And it was Aaron Rodgers laying on the door with a pile of money and Devontae Adams in the water. And Aaron said, sorry, there's no room for you here. Oh, damn. And it's funny because – uh, you have Adams that had Rodgers back that entire time. And Rodgers shows his true colors, comes back to the team, signs a guaranteed contract that he knows that team does not have the cap room to afford and still sign other people. Does it anyways. And this is a guy who was complaining when he had uh, Aaron Jones, who is one of the most productive running backs, both catching, uh, rushing and receiving in the game. Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the game, who was just killing it with him every game. At that time, he was complaining, a decent tight end. Uh, Alan Lazard as his second, who he acted like was the savior of everything when the guy came back from injury. And yet he's still crying he had no weapons. But then he signs a contract that literally takes the best person at his position in the league off of the team because he can't afford him because Rodgers needed more money because he felt underappreciated. So that right there tells you the true colors and intent of Aaron Rodgers. If you tell Tom Brady you come back, we're not going to be able to re-sign Chris Godwin if you take X amount of money. Guess what? Tom Brady's good. He knows he's going to make his money elsewhere. He's fine with that. Yeah, you pay me this, and you give Godwin what he needs to come back so he can compete. Rodgers? No, no. They're receiving core right now. As of this moment, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, Jawan Winfrey, Malik Taylor are the players currently on their roster who had receptions in games for the team last year. The overall receptions the the five of those men I just named had last year are a little more than half of what just Devontae Adams had. So, Mr. I need more weapons, you are a direct result of the best player in his position in the league in Devontae Adams. Maybe one of the best players in the league at any position. Easily. Not maybe, easily. He's now on another team while you're getting paid. Think about this. Think about this. We praised the the Packers two years ago when all this COVID stuff started for the relief fund they had already set aside for a rainy day. Without any knowledge, this was going to happen, of course. Nobody knew. Right. Uh, But a rainy day fund, in case something unpredictable happened, their stadium workers and the people involved who weren't the rich athletes would be taken care of. And I still think that's a great move. I'm not taking that back. But ever since then, all they've done is make stupid decisions. Think about this. Before last year, they know Devontae Adams going into the last year of his contract. They know he's probably not going to want to play on the franchise tag. He wants his money. He wants to know what he's getting. wants to know where he's going to be. So what do they do? As I said earlier, they spent all offseason whining and crying and courting Aaron Rodgers. This is after they, they 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 drafted Jordan Love the draft before. So, 
they had direct uh, uh, either either knowledge or the assumption that Rodgers was almost done or they were ready to move on from him when they spent a first-round pick on Jordan Love. Never used him in a first-round pick capacity. You don't draft a first-round pick quarterback when you have an MVP-caliber quarterback unless you're planning on making a move. So they didn't pull the trigger on that. They courted Rodgers all that offseason, all this offseason. Now he's back. Woohoo! big pile of money. Team's going to be mediocre. And they, they, not only did they waste that first-round pick, multiple talented defensive players have had to walk away because they couldn't afford to re-sign them with Aaron Rodgers' money. And now they've had to trade Devontae Adams. If they just let Rodgers cry himself to sleep and either retire or trade him somewhere else, they can pay Devontae Adams, they can pay all those defensive players, they can get Jordan Love in there, and if he doesn't work out, they can try to make a move for somebody else. They can have that franchise set up to still succeed for the next however many years. Right. Instead, because they let Rodgers hold them hostage, who knows where that team goes. If he plays one year, and I'm not a fan of him, but I don't I don't wish harm on him, but say he gets injured this year. You got nothing. We got Aaron Jones, who's probably going to be released next offseason because his contract's going to be hitting the later stages where it's going to be pricey. You're not going to have a competent quarterback more than likely because Rodgers has maybe one or two years left, according to him, even though he has all his guaranteed money, which is another problem. 40-year-old quarterbacks with guaranteed money on, on, on a multiple-year deal. This entire Packers organization has gone from we can be set up to, man, do we screw ourselves over. So... Anybody complaining about the Patriots' lack of signing anything needs to look at what the Packers have done by, and a lot of teams have done, by mortgaging their future and say, maybe the next couple of years aren't going to be swell for us overall, but we haven't screwed ourselves in the next decade. So uh, we'll get into more into that in a few minutes, obviously, but um, anything else on Green Bay or... Nah, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna be like Devontae Adams and move off on from Green Bay. Um, <laughs> sure. Now, <laughs> uh, I'd be remiss. Chandler Jones also signed with the Raiders on top of them acquiring uh, Devontae Adams. So Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and that division is just going to be ridiculous. Real quick before we get to the trade, I know we're saving for last. Yep. AFC West. Holy shit. Pick right now, on paper, all we saw last year, player progression, player regression. Uh, who is the best team? Who's the NFC West cha- AFC West champion at the end it's, of Week 17? It, it's the Chargers. It's got to be. Like, like on paper, it's, gotta it's be. the Chargers. Even though Adams is with Las Vegas, the Chargers did so much. Again, because they have that opportunity with a young quarterback on a rookie contract, they they were able to do what they uh, can do to fill a lot of needs with supremely talented players. And I, I just I like what they've done. They they do need to prove it on the field because you know you you, you can win the off season, but it doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean not a whole lot if you don't do it in the regular season. Right. Uh, we've seen that with the Browns, who were the darlings, the favorites. 
and that turned into what it's turned into. And we'll, we'll get to that when uh, we talk about the trade. Um, and I don't know if everything's been processed. Uh, so this could change. Uh, but from what I see, available cap space for the Los, Los Angeles Chargers is like at $29 million still. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. that, that, that's with everything they've done. Uh, you know, trading for Khalil Mack, who doesn't cost them a whole lot because the guaranteed money is being paid by Chicago Bears. And JC's getting paid, but not 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 crazy amount of money. I just that gives them room to maybe do one more move. You know, maybe Jarvis Landry wants to take a stab at the Chargers and and kind of join that wide receiver because I think that wide receiver core is the one one area of any concern. And it's not Keenan Allen; it's just after Keenan Allen. What reliably do you have? And that would be my only concern. Uh, other than that, you know, the, the, the Chargers are geared up for a push this year, not just the AFC West, but the AFC in general. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, and I think we'd also be remiss if we did not mention before we move on to this last trade. Um, and I, I agree, Chargers all the way, uh, personally. Um, it'll be a very competitive division, but I think in the end, it's the Chargers. Uh, the Pills sign uh, Von Miller to a six-year, $120 million contract. And if you want to – all these pundits were saying, oh, this is it. Buffalo is a destination because people want to go play with Josh Allen in that team. And not maybe so. Players are going to want to play with Josh Allen. He's, he's, he's incredible. Um, this, to me, doesn't look like a – where a Buffalo is a destination move. This looks to me like – it sounds weird because they're such a young, talented team. This looks like a desperation move almost. Like $20 million a year for six years when a lot of that's guaranteed uh, to a guy who was already seen on his last leg in Denver, got traded to an elite defense already, had a pretty decent impact. I mean, he wasn't like Superman on that Rams team. And now you're paying him top linebacker money. Mm -hmm. He's not that guy anymore. So instead of giving Josh Allen another receiving weapon or instead of extending uh, Stefan Diggs even further or wrapping up one of your other defenders, you pay an aging linebacker who's on the downside of his prime, certainly, a lot more than he's worth for a lot more years than you should have. My goodness, this just seems like the Bills were doing all the right things and then they just went, went full Buffalo Bills on it and were like, oh, we got to do this. We got to make a move to make a move. It didn't make sense. And, and if you look at it, Chris, there's I've seen it out there too that oh well, this is essentially a three-year, uh, fifty-one million dollar contract because you know the guaranteed money, and after that, it's you know it's less guaranteed money. He could be potentially cut after twenty twenty-four, where the dead cap is seven and a half million. Okay, you can say that. Is there any guarantee that he makes it out of that first year? No. As a productive, and uh, you know they have talent on the defense. I just don't know what Von Miller is going to do. How does Von Miller help Josh Allen move the ball down the field? Because that's kind of what they need to do. Is they need to fix 
when that offense stalls, how are they going to move the ball down the field? Because their running game, these two running backs they drafted, have not panned out. And you can't have Josh Allen run the ball all the time. And Stefan Diggs, he's one guy. And if he gets blanket coverage, who else is going to shine? Who else is going to step out there and say, I'm going to help him out? I don't know what Von Miller does, really. I'd be interested to see, but I just don't know what he does to push that team. They were a pretty good defensive team to begin with. Yeah. I don't know what he does, what more he can do for that defense when really they need to spend – like they were supposed to get um, J.D. McKissick from the Washington Commanders. I thought that would have been a pretty good move. It's a versatile back, a little bit more uh, pass um, oriented. And then he pulled out and went back to Washington. That's fine. That's his right. There's a, there's a little tiff between the bills and the uh, commanders right now uh, because of that situation. But like, that's what you need to do. You need to find out how we can make the offense work better because you can't have like we, I can relate it to what the Kansas City Chiefs did. They they were stalling early in the season and they figured it out. They figured out that you just can't chuck that ball deep and hit it every time. They made adjustments and then they became that juggernaut Kansas City Chiefs that almost made the Super Bowl. If Buffalo can't figure that out, this is going to turn into a rising team into a declining team very quickly because you know it's just not gonna one of these teams in the AFC uh, AFC East is going to catch up I feel like it's the Patriots but you know who knows it could be the Dolphins it, it just there's only the door is only open so long for each team I think I just don't like to move. I get it. I get it from the point of view of hey, we were so close last year, mm-hmm. and you could even argue they were the, the the better team on paper as far as overall play goes all year. Both the Bills and the Chiefs had their inconsistencies early in the season, and they fixed them. So that's great for them. This team is going to have cap issues when Josh Allen's contract kicks into the bigger years. It's going to. That's just it. The Chiefs are feeling it right now. They can still field a competitive team, but it's going to be a lot more work. Uh, and to sign an aging linebacker who's had injury issues the last couple of years, who is not – in his prime, Von Miller is one of the best linebackers I've ever seen. I put I put prime Von Miller on the same footing as prime Ray Lewis, truthfully. He was that dominant. Didn't have the weapons around him necessarily that Lewis had, but he was that good. Not for as long as Ray Lewis was, but for a couple of years there in her absolute prime, he was one top, top, top notch. But he's not that guy anymore, and you're paying him like that. And the problem is for a team like the Bills, like we both just said, Allen's contract is going to come around. You're going to have big money years that are going to take a lot out of that cap. And... Now you have Von Miller on the books for 20 mil. If you're going to spend that much on another player that you don't already have on your team to extend them, why didn't you go for Miles Jack? Why didn't you try to trade for Khalil Mack? Why didn't you try to, uh, another big name linebacker, uh, Bobby Wagner. What, Bob, nobody's heard anything about Bobby Wagner in the last two weeks, ever since he was released the day after Russell Wilson was traded. Uh, I mean, 
why not go for one of those guys who are younger with less lynch injury history and uh, quite honestly right now a little bit more versatile von miller isn't going to do a whole lot in coverage for you right now that was never really his thing anyways he was always very good at pressure right uh so i i just i don't know from the bills it almost just seemed like we got to get this guy in here we got to make a move and well and, and to your point chris he goes from 60 uh this is josh allen he goes from 16 this year to 39 next year yeah there's your jump and that's a problem for the window the and i would say their window is probably what when I say window, I mean open, wide open. Like their top contender is probably in the next two years, and yeah. that window is just going to keep closing. It may not shut, but a lot of these teams, you know, that are making moves, are going to raise up. The Chargers, you could argue, past the Buffalo Bills this offseason. People, yeah, it was game planning and great players, but the, one of the reasons the Patriots maintained their level of success for that 20-year stretch they had Tom Brady is because they didn't do stuff like this. And the reason the rest of the league was so susceptible to them is because most other teams did. Go look at the couple, Go look at time periods when the Patriots were especially dominant. It was during the times when other teams had a ton, a ton of dead cap because they made bonehead decision after bonehead decision in contracts, and they had just inordinate amounts of dead cap space. I'm looking at this right now. I'm looking at overthecap.com, which is, yep. is one of my, my favorite sites for stuff like this. The Seattle Seahawks, who are going to get a bunch of draft picks for Russell Wilson and are going to try to rebuild, have $44 million in dead cap upcoming, and I doubt that all drops off next year. Uh, the Houston Texans, after Deshaun Watson, have 51. Uh, the Bears, who are going to try to be competitive with Justin Fields, have 45 uh, the Cowboys have almost 20. The Saints have 30 still. Uh, the the Jets are actually, they've, they've handled it pretty well. They only have uh, 1.5, which is very good. Uh, even the, uh, see, the Patriots have eight right now. Uh, so, I mean, it's, and you still have uh, an effective cap space. You have six teams, the Falcons, Vikings, Chiefs, Giants, Rams, and Buccaneers. Surprising, four of those, three of the, three of those, six teams very competitive, and a couple kind of or one on the outskirts of the Vikings and the two pretty bad teams, uh, under the cap, uh, or over the cap by significant amount. Uh, teams just get a little money in their pocket, and they want to just go buck wild, and start signing people, and I understand, I do get that the cap is an illusion. Mm-hmm. that it can be manipulated and moved around. But some of the moves these teams are making, you just know, you know in three to five years, they're going to be like, what the hell did we do? And how are teams like the Patriots and the Steelers still competitive? <clears throat> because they don't do boneheaded moves like this. Um, Real quick, well, look what the Saints and uh, sorry to cut you up. Well, look what the Saints and the <clears throat> Falcons have been doing for the past yeah, for the past week. They've been adjusting contracts to make room this this season, this off season, to make that one move we're going to talk about. Yep. <clears throat> and that I don't and, and realistically, it didn't pan out for either of those teams. And now, what are they going to do? Because 
you know, at some point the the Piper's gotta be paid, and I, I, I I'm at a loss for words personally. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get what some of these teams. I mean, I I understand you want to win now, but the problem is instead of having your window at a time when a few other teams do, you yeah. now have a 32 team league where there can only be one champion per year, and you have about eight teams that are a cut above. And the majority of those teams are going to do all this for nothing. It's not going to matter. They're not going to get a championship out of it. They're just going to spend more money. They might get some more revenue. Okay, they're not going to get the end goal. No. So I think that's something we should do next week for a top 10 because free agency is going to slow down. Yep. On paper, based on the moves they've made, and this obviously changes, but, you know, this is what we do as as being analysts is we analyze what we have for down on paper. Uh, top 10 NFL teams right now based on acquisitions, um, just free agent pickups, trades, uh, not not cap situation. I don't care if a team's $40 million under the cap. If they have a dominant roster, we'll count them as just being good. We'll, we'll pretend the cap doesn't exist like most teams do anyways. <laughs> um, just, a, you know, just a, a, a thing to be like, you know, who's top, who's this, who's that, and why? Uh, so... Uh, I think that'd be that'd be something fun, and it'll give us a chance to kind of uh, uh, kind of flesh out who we think really is the elites of the elite, and who we think just kind of overpaid and is gonna you know fall to the wayside. Um, and then we can also do uh, well. We'll figure something out a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to the big one, I do want to also mention, and you mentioned this to me, and I forgot about it. Uh, Randy Gregory. <laughs> this was hilarious because it was didn't happen to my team, so it was funny. Uh, Randy Gregory apparently, I think it was like a five-year, $70 million contract, defensive end for the Cowboys, yep. formerly for the Cowboys, apparently agreed to that contract with them uh, verbally uh, during the illegal uh, tampering period. And uh, they even posted about it on Twitter and made a big deal out of it. And yep, then he yep. rescinded that and went and signed the same deal with the Denver Broncos. Um, So that's... Uh, Kind of reminiscent a few years ago when uh, the, the Vikings linebacker was going to sign with the Jets, and uh, I, forget, I forget the guy's name now. Uh, uh, was it Barr? Uh, was it Anthony Barr? Yeah, Anthony Barr. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was going to sign with the Jets, and then got the same offer from the team he was on already, the Vikings, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go there instead." Sorry. So that's it's always amusing to see that happen because it kind of shows you how a player really feels about a team or an organization or their direction right. when they're going to get the money they want. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm already entrenched here. I'm going to take off of there because I see where this is going. So, right. I think, I think uh, you can correlate uh, Anthony Barr with JD McKesson. I think they both wanted to stay with the team. And then when they finally got that offer, even though they had verbally agreed to the offer from the other team, they rescinded back from what I saw. On Twitter, Randy Gregory did not like some of the language in the contract that the Dallas Cowboys were presenting them. Okay. Um, they were trying to protect themselves is what was put out there. I can understand that. Randy Gregory has had some substance abuse issues. Uh, I know he was suspended his first season, I think. Um, different time then. I understand that. I don't think he's also been this earth-shattering defensive end that no. – because they signed this morning, I think it was uh, Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, I think that could be a representative replacement for Randy Riggery. 
uh, and then you could just draft some kid and, and have equal production. I, I, I think it's a funny story. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys dodged a bullet here because I just don't think Randy Gregory's as good as they thought he was. And I don't really think the Broncos are going to get um, a return on investment because he's just – he's not a number one. And what, do, what does Denver have? They have Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb, as far as I can know, uh, who's a first-round top 10, I think, pick that has never produced. So now you're putting two first-round picks that never really – saw their potential on the same defense. It just, it, it seems like it's a waste of money by the Denver Broncos that could have been invested more in other talent to help either Russell or, you know, maybe make that trade for Khalil Mack instead of maybe they were in on it and they just lost out. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have given the money to Von Miller and I wouldn't have given the money to Randy Gregory. No. And I would have just. Which one do you think is worse? I feel like Von Miller's worst because I I think there's a lot of life. There's enough life left in Randy Gregory to be productive. Okay. Makes sense. We're we're a couple seasons removed from a serious injury with Von Miller. He hasn't been the same. He hasn't been the same. All right. He had eight and a half sacks last year with the uh, Rams. And that's part part season. Uh, the season before with the Denver Broncos, it was like eight, eight and a half for a full season. The difference, Aaron Donald. Yeah, where 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 is the Bills Aaron Donald to compensate for the lo- the lost step that Von Miller has over the last couple of years that's gonna make him what he was in with the Rams? I, I think I they see ha- it. It's uh, Ed Oliver is probably, if I remember correctly, he's like the best defensive lineman they have. Uh, they have Tremaine Edwards, but he's more of a coverage uh, sideline to sideline kind of. And those those guys um, are very linebacker. good. By no means are they schmucks, but they're not Aaron Donald. No, they they don't have. They drafted uh, Greg Russaro. Gregor's I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Russo. Him, I think it's Russo. Right? But they drafted him last year in the first round. Great. He's a second-year guy. A.J. Esbina, uh, I think, was drafted uh, the year before. Yeah. Like, they've – they, I can understand that they've shot their bullets at defensive end, and either it's just not translating because they're not the right fit for their defense or it's not translating because they're not just not good enough. So then let's go out and pay Von Miller. I, I – it just seems like it's a little bit of a stretch and maybe these kids can pick up some, something from Von Miller, but yeah, it's going to be tough, but uh, knowledge wise, knowledge, yeah. Knowledge wise. I mean, yeah. great to sign him, but I mean, for the price, it just doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, you want to get the, the big trade or you want to get into Patriots real quick. Cause I don't think that's going to take too long. It's just, right, yeah, let's dig into the Patriots real quick. Uh, I don't know about you. I see a lot of people freaking out because they didn't make a move. They didn't sign this guy. Didn't sign that guy. And look, I would have loved to them to get Allen Robinson. I would have loved to them to have been. You know, I knew they weren't going to get a Devonte Adams. They weren't going to pay a receiver that much, and that doesn't really fit their play style. Uh, you know, they traded some offensive linemen. You know, people getting on about trading Shaq Mason, and it's it's like, okay, maybe you could have gotten a little bit more for Mason, but you had to clear the cap space because. 
I do think they have some perceived moves they want to make. Right. This is a team that was more successful last year than we thought they would be. They brought in a lot of free agents because they had the cap <clears throat> space. The Patriots do not fudge the cap uh, to the level of a lot of teams just to make it work long-term. The only person they did it for was Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And that's why we ended up with what we had two years ago with Cam Newton. And that team was still 7-9, and nine, so it still wasn't even all that bad. Uh, you, you know, yeah, I wish they landed Robinson, and I wish they'd got this guy or that guy or they'd gone after. You know, I'd still love to see him get a Bobby Wagner or something to solidify that linebacking core because I don't think Hightower comes back. You know, they resigned. Uh, they did resign McCourty, which I, 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 I'm really glad there's a good chance he'll be a lifelong Patriot because he's just – I'm a huge McCourty fan. I love them getting James White back. The Ty Montgomery deal, look, I know it's not a blockbuster. That guy can play running back and receiver. And with Kendrick Bourne, along with the running game the Patriots have, that's going to open up a lot of different options for uh, for the Patriots. And they are really good at finding these throwaway running backs that other teams don't need, a la Deion Lewis, yeah. that can come in and really make an impact. And when you have a Ty Montgomery, a James White, you got Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevens in the backfield who are your solid runners. That is a running game and a, a short passing game, a screen game, an option game that they haven't had in a, in a seemingly years. Uh, along with a Kendrick, forgetting Kendrick Bourne at receiver who was phenomenal last year. And I, I just couldn't think more highly about that guy with his attitude on and off the field. Uh, hopefully nothing weird comes up about him because I don't have to regret saying that, but uh, yeah, Aguilar didn't work out the way they thought it would last year. That's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry seems like a hit, and John U. Smith, when they used him, was great. So work on the offensive line a little bit. Do it through the draft. Do it through free agency, whatever. And you'll be good to go. I would rather a couple of down years like this where they don't make massive moves. They spent a record number for the franchise, but by the way, last year free agency. So it's not like they haven't spent anything. Right. Let's not forget Matthew Judon and everything they did last year. And he was injured, which is what affected his impact towards the end of last year. That He was not 100%. He got hurt a little bit after the uh, the bye week and was just not the same. Uh, I would much rather have that big year and have a year like this where they fill in some role players and they don't just sign guys for the sake of signing guys. Do not mortgage the future the next five to seven years to have a couple of years of success right now and your cap is going to be garbage. Yeah, it'd be great if they made a few more moves. 100%. And I would love to have seen a guy like J.C. Jackson come back. The minute J.C. Jackson said, I want Jalen Ramsey money, J.C. Jackson wasn't coming back. And we all knew that. We all knew that. When they signed Stephon Gilmore away from the Bills years ago, he didn't get what J.C. Jackson wanted. It's, It's not what the Patriots do. Maybe if he progresses the right way, they'll pay Mac Jones that kind of money when the time's up. That's about it. Quarterback's the only place they spend that kind of money consistently. Otherwise, they restructure contracts, they move money around, they make it work. They do not mortgage their future for the long term just so... What was it? What I see online? Uh, what, name humpers? Or big name humpers? Somebody mm-hmm. call them? Can be happy to say, oh, we have this guy on our team. Yeah, cool, you won four games. Who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> you can do all these moves in the world. If you're not winning and you can't yeah. put a competitive team on the field year after year and your cap is garbage, what does it matter? 
I, I think my only issue, uh, it's twofold. And one can be resolved within the next month, whether it's through free agency or draft, is the offensive line. There's a lot of concern there. Because uh, Trent Brown's a free agent. They traded Shaq Mason. Uh, Ted Karras moved on. So there, there's some issue there. But I understand that they can make some moves. There's some guys still out there. There's talking to a couple people. Uh, Trent Brown is still available. He hasn't signed, so that, there's a possibility he comes back. Um, and Isaiah Wynn is a free agent next year. That's a, a, a small concern. Um, what I really wanted to see was Allen Robinson. It's, it's, there, there's no nobody else. It's Allen Robinson and maybe Jarvis Landry. Outside of that, I didn't see anything that I really liked. And then defensively, I'd like to see Bobby Wagner. I don't know if he'd be an upgrade or not for this defense. Secondary, I, I just – J.C. was not not happening for the Patriots. So, my real issue is just I, I would have liked to see Al Robinson or Jarvis, who's still a free agent, and just kind of solidify that offensive line because we just saw Joe Burrow get absolutely – yeah. Torn apart in Super Bowl. Uh, first playoff game, he got absolutely obliterated, still won it. So I just – I have a concern for Mac Jones standing tall in the pocket and delivering these passes to the talented talent they have on the perimeter. It's just that's, – that's really my issue. It could have been really solved by Robinson getting signed. I didn't think he – Signed for too crazy of a money for the Rams. I thought that would have been a great piece to add. But I'm not really, like, upset because it's not the end of the offseason. We no. still have the draft. No. There's a lot to go. There's a long way to go still, and there's a lot of people that are still available that are going to move. We haven't had that second <clears throat> wave yet. Didn't exactly. I? Outside of the years when Bill says, that's my guy. Or those are my guys. And that's day one mm-hmm. of tampering period. Other than that, he likes to look for that second wave. That, okay, you didn't quite get the money you expected. Uh, so here's my offer. Or you're still out there. Maybe you can come to New England, build up your um, – it happened to Jamie Collins twice. Yeah. Build up your your – brand a little bit show that you still have skill and then go out there and get your money uh I, i'm not like super happy with what they've done but i'm also not uh a negative on what they haven't done i'm just kind of in that middle ground waiting to see right. what they're going to do well i think the, the important thing is what they haven't done is they haven't worked as your future on a gamble right i think that's that's the understanding part of it um and <laughs> like Going into next season, uh, they have the fifth most cap as of right now. They have zero dead money and the fifth most money in caps in cap space going into next season. So they don't have bad long term contracts that are gonna weigh this team down for a long time. Keep <laughs> holy cow! Heading into I don't know how the Saints are a functional team. Why is that? Heading in, as of next season, right? You have okay. 
and look, this changes based on what's signed this year, what's adjusted this year. But as of right now, the Bears have a lot of money on the books. They have $110 million in effective cap space next season. They only have 22 players signed going into the year. Uh, the Texans have 97. The Seahawks have 94. No surprise. No surprise. Uh, three teams that just traded big money players or haven't really signed big money free agents the last couple of years right? Uh, are going to have the most cap space. Steelers are then going to have 83. So you wonder how a team like Pittsburgh stays competitive. Even in the downswing, they don't go out and spend money on stupid stuff. Patriots will have 85. Uh, you know, look at the flip side of that. The flip side of that, right? Yeah. Yep. The Saint, uh, the the you have the Broncos. They're gonna have twenty seven. Not terrible, but you know, <clears throat> and that is with forty people signed in the roster, so that's not bad. The Chargers will have sixteen, so they're respectable. That's fine. The Titans will have nineteen. Uh, the Cowboys will only have twelve going into next season because of all their contracts going up, 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 up. The Bucks will have ten. The Saints. The New Orleans Saints, as of 2023, mm-hmm. with only 36 members of the roster signed, guess what their cap space is going to be? Well, I'm sure the number I'm looking at is different than yours. Uh, I have 1.7. Negative 25 million uh, in effective cap space, which is the real number you want to look at. Right. I, I it's kind of think... like when you look, kind of like when you look at your bank account and it says, "This is your balance. This is your actual balance with everything taken out of it." Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Um, now, who knows? It, it may have, like this may not have been updated because it's not the regular season. This may not have been updated since they made some of those moves, but that is still, or since they made some of the restructures, like you know, uh, Michael Thomas and Alan Kamara, you said restructured a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this is a team that. Like wasn't even winning championships, but wanted to keep a competitive team on the field and just paid people in order to amounts of money to really not perform at a championship level. Right. I mean, Drew Brees is great. He's a legend. But, I mean, honestly, he's despite the fact he's a legend, he's probably, like, the third or fourth most successful QB of his generation. So to act like he's one of, like, the goats of all time is know, kind of misleading. Um, I know that's not popular, but, I mean, that's numbers are numbers, man. He has records, not rings. Um, Philip Rivers has Hall of Fame numbers. He didn't have any rings. Barely had playoff wins. So that doesn't really count for much if you don't get the job done. But, um, yeah, so there's, 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 you know, they haven't mortgaged their future. They make some really nice signings this year. They can still do more to shore up the line. I agree. It would have been really nice to see Allen Robertson, somebody who, who you know has performed with really bad quarterbacks. And... While we don't know what Mac Jones is going to be when all is said and done, right? Uh, there's a lot of to be very positive about heading into next year. He's a smart player. Teams behind him, love the attitude, works hard. Like a lot of really really great things. And you got a guy like Allen Robinson you can bring in. I get it. I really do understand that. Uh, there's still talented receivers out there that might fit the team a little bit better. Uh, they've kicked the tires on Allen Robinson for the past three or four years, and it doesn't seem to happen. So there's got to be a reason for that playbook wise. Uh, yeah, they traded some talent on the offensive line. Shaq Mason's contract was getting up there. Karras wanted to move on. Um, Michael uh, Onowenu is going to have to be paid sooner or later. And I think he's going to be as effective, but probably less expensive than another big-name offensive lineman. So Belichick isn't just looking at this year. He's looking at the big picture over the next four or five at least. He knows next year he's going to have good cap space again. So when there's big name free agents who come out, 
uh, or he can re-up his own guys if he's happy with them. So I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to see big names. It's nice to see this and that. Uh, as I always say, and Bill, I trust, he's going to make the right moves for the team, and there's nobody else I'd rather have leading my team than Belichick. So I say that. You got to kind of go with what he goes with. He's the most successful coach in NFL history for a reason. Okay. On to uh, what we all kind of knew was coming, but we kind of surprised us how it happened. So I think it was, it's been a rocky relationship over the past couple of weeks uh, with Baker Mayfield and the Browns front office. Uh, They apparently informed him they were seeking uh, a meeting with Deshaun Watson. They wanted to meet with Deshaun Watson to discuss a potential trade to the Browns. Uh, the Falcons also did the same thing. I believe uh, the Panthers did the same thing. Uh, Saints too. Saints also. Yep. I don't know why. God knows they couldn't afford them. They have to pretty much give up. They pretty much have to trade Kamara and Thomas to make it work, which would just be counterproductive. But anyways. So you have several teams going for them. And I had said, and I believe you said the same thing. Of those four, three teams, the Panthers... Uh, because the Saints weren't look, they weren't an option. Let's be real; they don't have they didn't have the draft capital, and even if they did, they don't have the actual capital. They were trying though. They were trying. Let's be real; it wasn't happening. Uh, not with what Watson ended up getting, it wasn't happening. Uh, the Panthers and the Falcons were a different story, uh, and Baker Mayfield let it be known that he wasn't happy with the Browns. Uh, the Browns discussing a potential trade of Watson, and he posted a thank you to Cleveland fans, essentially saying goodbye before he was out the door. Browns then responded by saying, we want an adult at quarterback. (laughs) Um, And then they were informed that they were out of the running for Deshaun Watson. So then they wanted to talk to Baker Mayfield and mend the fences. And Baker said, as far as I'm concerned, I'm done here. I want to trade. We're not going to trade you. Well, I don't want to play for you anymore. In the most Browns move possible, they somehow took a damn near Super Bowl appearance two years ago when you should have had an illegal hit on on, on uh, Baker Mayfield yep. by, by Sorensen of the Chiefs uh, that caused a fumble and it led the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. You had a team that should have been going to the Super Bowl from Cleveland two years ago to you've just completely blown up your entire quarterback situation, which you finally had at least somewhat of a handle on. Congratulations, Browns. Well, then, word comes yesterday that the Browns have, in fact, traded for Deshaun Watson. Which, I'm not sure if you say I want an adult at quarterback. And I know he was uh, acquitted of any, or or not accused of any actual criminal wrongdoing. You want an adult at quarterback, the man is still facing 22 civil suits for sexual assault. Uh, We'll see what happens. Clearly, there wasn't enough to charge him criminally. We'll see what happens in the other ones. But that's the adult you want, I guess. Maybe you should phrase your, you know, pick your words a little bit more carefully. Just throwing that out there. Uh, trade was three first-round picks. Yep, a second. Uh, a second, a third, yeah. and apparently a fifth uh, for Deshaun Watson. And apparently, from what I hear, he gave him a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Wow. Yep. Wow. We knew the haul for Watson would be crazy. 
Uh, I still think they could have gotten more before last offseason happened. I think you could have seen four four plus first round picks before the criminal and civil stuff, you know, was floating around. Holy cow. And I mean, look, remains to be seen what happens in the civil suits, but strictly on the field, talent wise, now you add Deshaun Watson, who didn't really ever have a great running game when he was down there with the Texans. Now he has Nick Chubb at minimum in that backfield. He has Amari Cooper to throw to, which, look, Amari Cooper's Amari Cooper, but I think a guy like Deshaun Watson can make it work better. We'll see. Some other talented receivers. You know, I this is a dangerous team now. Deshaun Watson makes them a contender. We'll see how much a year off affected him if he suits up opening week this year, but this is a big move. And then if you're Baker Mayfield, you're like, this is why I didn't want to talk to you again, because I knew I was chopped liver. I knew the second you got a chance to go have somebody you perceive to be better, you were going to pay them, trade the future away for them, and leave me stranded. I don't want to be a backup. So I got to tell you, as talented as Watson is, I'm glad it's not my team that gave up that much to get him because uh, a lot can go wrong. And if it goes wrong on a move like this, your franchise is set back immeasurably. What interests me um, is I'm wondering what the approach, like we can, we can look at what transpired over Twitter or, you know, Instagram or through the media. I'd be interested on the dialogue that the Cleveland Browns front office had with Baker as and and transpose that to the conversation the Atlanta Falcons front office had with Matt Ryan because it seems like there's a difference of how they approached and when I mean they I mean uh, Baker and Matt Ryan it seemed to approach the situation obviously there's a huge difference in the age gap um, but it seems like Matt Ryan kind of sat back and, and, and just kind of let everything transpire, let everything just go through. And now, now he's in a position where, okay, uh, I'm still Atlanta starting quarterback. And now they're making a few moves, you know, they, uh, cause I saw rumors that Cordell Cordell Patterson wasn't going to resign with the Falcons. And then uh, while we're talking, yeah, he just yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> he just did. Yep. So, um, Opening up that money, like I said, I, uh, the the Saints and the Falcons were doing a lot of stuff to make that money work. Um, and I think now that the money's there for the Falcons, they can put a couple pieces because they have they have Kyle Pitts, but they need more than that because they lost Russell Gage. Uh, I don't think Julio Jones is going to come back and. Calvin Ridley is gone for the season. So I, if I'm the Falcons, I don't trade Matt Ryan at this point, just because you need no point. something. No point. Yeah. yeah you need something you, yeah. you need to represent your team on the field. And, and that means having Matt Ryan as yep. the starting quarterback. So you can put a little more pieces behind him. There's some free agents that are still out there. You can go get a, kid in the draft um if you feel like it's necessary i'm just i'm just intrigued on the the difference of approach from matt ryan and and baker mayfield 
if I'm Baker, I'm I'm upset, but boy, if you if you're looking at it, and I can't put my I can put myself in his his shoes, but I, I I'm not him, right? But you're sitting there, you're looking. Okay, there's four teams actively pursuing Deshaun Watson. That's a lot of teams pursue one quarterback, which which tells me that they're pushing a lot into the table. Right. Maybe I just sit back and just kind of wait until the dust settles. Because if the dust settled and because we got to what was it, uh Wednesday or Thursday? Uh it was down to the Saints and the Falcons. So now the Browns are yeah. supposedly yeah. They're out. They're not out by their choice, but out because that's what they were told. Yeah, as far as we knew it, with the Falcons, it was imminent that he was going to the Falcons. Right. So it's you're looking at it as like, well, if Baker just didn't say anything, you can be upset, but you really kind of just should sit back and say, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to bite my time because I'm still a legitimate starting quarterback. And if they bring in Deshaun Watson, there's going to be a team that wants my services, whether it's Indianapolis, right, right. whether it's, you know, Seattle that has shown interest in him, whether maybe, I mean, there's not much after that. Maybe the saints are interested in bringing me in instead of, but they resigned uh, Jameis Winston. Did they? Yeah. They, seen, they resigned Jameis Winston. Okay. I saw they, they were talking to him. I didn't see they actually had, I think it came across this morning. So, so I would just, God, I would have just sat back and just said, hey. Yeah. I take the phone call from the, you know, even if you don't want to talk to the Browns, you have your agent talk to the Browns and say, look, he doesn't want to really talk right now. Yep. Do your thing. He's not going to put any statements out. He's not going to do anything. He's just going to sit back and, and respect the process. As much as it's in his eyes screwed up that he's – he played last year injured. He's done so much for the team. This is his eyes, not mine. That he really should a have the fifth year option already picked up and be talking about a contract extension. Look, Baker, you haven't done enough. No, you just haven't done enough. No, you're not consistent enough. Your accuracy is not consistent enough. You had a, Excellent wide receiver core at one point, and now Jarvis is gone. Odell's gone. I mean, there's not much you can say. He should have done something with with all that talent. They signed yeah, Austin. Couldn't make it happen with all he had. Yeah, they signed Austin Hooper to that free agent contract, and they released him this off season, so he's a free agent. He could go back to Atlanta if he wanted to uh, on a nice deal, and and help uh, Matt Ryan. He's going to get traded. Uh, it looks like Indianapolis is really interested in Baker. Look, if I'm Indianapolis, I, I take a hard look at what he's done with Nick Chubb and realize that's maybe not the best route to go. He just, he's just not going to Baker's going to Baker likes to scramble a little bit. He likes to, kind of that that backyard kind of football and i don't know if that's the style of football that the colts want to play realistically if i'm if i'm them and he's out there 
uh, for trade, I go get Jimmy. We've talked uh, about we, we, yeah, we both said that. Jimmy Garoppolo is a perfect fit. A perfect fit in Indy. 100%. I, I just don't uh, know where Baker goes at that point. because. Well, I have an, I, yeah, I have an idea. Yeah. Um, I think you're 100% right. He should have just kept his mouth shut. Uh, and not about displeased, you know, not about being displeased with how everything was going, but the way he did it. And even last <laughs> year, even last year, he was, you know, he was being snarky with everybody and fans and ownership and all that stuff. And he really, he talked his way out of being the guy in Cleveland. Oh, he had a, he had uh, a comment for, uh, for Duke Johnson about either being on the train or getting off the train and. Uh, I don't know if I saw it. I sent you that tweet, but uh, um, uh, Duke Johnson retweeted that with a, I don't remember what he retweeted with it, but he's throwing shade at, at Baker because yeah. look at, look now Baker, your comments look now you're trying to be replaced because you're not good enough. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, you know, I, I, as far as being traded to Indy, uh, I don't, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think that's a great fit. I think if they, if Jimmy, there's a likelihood that Trey Lance sits one more year, and Jimmy just because they've been successful overall as a team with Garoppolo and uh, offensive players really like him, they keep him for one more year, and then they he's a free agent, or or at least he's you know easier to move, and then they can go and have Lance start and move him. I personally am under the the uh, the thought process that it's better to trade him now and get something for him because you know Lance is the guy. That's why you traded all that capital for him, not to take, not to keep him on the bench. Uh, so I don't think Indy's the right place because while Jonathan Taylor is a supreme talent, uh, overall, Cleveland had one of the best running games in the league during Baker's tenure, and he wasn't able to win with that. One of the best receiving cores on paper as far as talent goes. Uh, maybe not one of the best, but a very good. Yeah. Uh, and better than what Indy has now on paper. Uh, and a pretty equivalent offensive line. And defense wasn't all half bad either. And it's essentially being traded to a re- downgraded receiver version of the same team. You're not going to get different results. And Baker's not going to be happy handing the ball off 30 times a game to Jonathan Taylor. That's just not how Baker wants to play. Uh, many times he should have thrown it or handed it off to Nick Chubb. And instead, Baker wants to be a hero and he throws to Kareem Hunt, which screwed my fantasy teams every year. So screw hmm. you, Baker. Um, we talked about this from the beginning. Is this guy going to be enough to get them over the hump? He's just, he's in that category of, oh, if we just release him, we take a step back but he's not good enough to get us where we want to be. What do we do? And they found out what they, they paid a heavy price, but they found out what they're going to do in trading for Deshaun Watson. Uh, looking at this, uh, nobody, I'm looking at the, 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 the conference standings right now, or the, the essentially the, the division standings, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, nobody in the AFC East is looking for a quarterback. No. Nobody in the AFC North is looking for a quarterback. Nobody in the AFC West is certainly looking for a quarterback. Titans are good. The Jags are good. I think the Texans are good. If I'm them, I roll with Davis Mills. Uh, Colts, I would look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, let's move on to the NFC. Um, Giants need a quarterback. I don't think Baker's any kind of good fit there. I don't think that would work at all. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles, and Commanders, better or worse, Wentz is the guy. That's what they traded for. That's what they're spending all the money for. Uh, Packers, Vikings, 
Bears are good. So now you have maybe the the Giants and the Lions in the NFC. No, uh, I, I disagree with the Giants because they signed Tyrod and they have Daniel Jones. They yeah, but you know, him. you know, Mother Nature is going to be cruel to Tyrod in some way, and he's not going to be able to play. That's, like that's that true. poor man cannot catch a break. Um, well, you can. That's actually usually the problem. Uh, Bucks got Brady. Falcons are probably going to go with. Uh, I certainly wouldn't trade for Baker and put him as a replacement of Matt Ryan. No. Uh, maybe the Panthers. I don't see that as a fit. I think they just try to trade or get somebody in the draft. Then you have the Rams, and they're good. Cardinals are good. Niners are more than good. They're trying to decide who they want to use. Team I think he ends up on is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they have supremely talented receivers. Pretty good tight end game. Uh, he likes to scramble, which is good because... You know, they pretty much have an offensive line made of paper out there. Um, It's not going to be a competitive team. The Browns are certainly better than the Seahawks, and he couldn't do anything with them. So I don't see anywhere he goes making him supremely impactful. He's not going to get a big money contract. Unless he goes somewhere and completely reinvents his game and just fits in perfectly. But something wasn't clicking in Cleveland. He had everything there that should have, and it just wasn't clicking. You never felt like... When Baker stepped on the field with two minutes left and they were down by a score, this guy's got it. It's not the Mahomes, the Brady, the Josh Allen, the uh, even the Aaron Rodgers. Don't like him, but he's a tremendous quarterback. Uh, it's not that level of, oh, man, we gave this guy too much time. It's, that's eh, Baker, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's, it's he doesn't scare anybody, and that's no, a problem. Doesn't. You're not going to get big money if you don't scare anybody, and there's not enough, there's no... With the exception of the Colts, there's no team that's really going to be in any threat of contention next year that needs a QB. I don't think Baker's a fit there. So he's talked himself into a not-so-good spot because if he just watched what he said a little bit, he could have probably gone to one of these less competitive teams, got a decent contract, and tried to be there while they rebuilt and at least enjoyed his time playing there. Now, you got to wonder if, you know, First time catering is not right if you're going to get a tweet about how he's underappreciated. And and, that, was the, and, that was the MO coming out of college, and he lived up to it. And, and you can look at it like this, Chris. If, if he doesn't put those statements out and kind of have that negative back and forth, uh, I, I think the Saints would still go with Jameis, but now you have a potential uh, avenue to go down to uh, New Orleans with that good offensive team uh defense is decent but the offensive line needs some work uh i think that that could have been a possibility if if he hadn't put it out there now it could have just still ended up being Jameis winston back with the saints uh because the shine didn't go there but look you 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 closed a lot of the doors with how you went about your business. Yep. If a team's desperate enough, then maybe they make that push and say, Hey, we want Baker or they're going to wait out and see, Hey, you know, is, is he going to get the fifth year option? Is he become a free agent? And then what does that, what does that look like this, this year? What team is he going to be on this year? And what is his free agent status look like next year? I don't know if a whole lot's going to change next year because 
I mean, the teams you mentioned, the Giants, the Panthers, uh, Seahawks, if they don't resolve their quarterback situation this year, they're going to repeat it. They're going to look at it next year. And they might know they might go to the draft with their uh, uh, resolving their quarterback. And unless Tom retires, the Tampa Bay is not going to be back on the board. If Rogers retires, if he doesn't retire, then the Packers aren't going to be back in the right. business. It's it's because of this talent influx of talent over the past what four or five seasons, where these these guys are coming in, and they're actually good and they're producing and the schemes that the OCs are putting in and the head coaches are putting in are translating to their talents. And you're not seeing this massive turnover of quarterback every three to four years. Uh, and you have a couple quarterbacks who are just, you know, big Ben probably stayed a season or two longer than he should have. Will Tom do that? Will, will Aaron do that? And after those two guaranteed money, I bet you you will. Right. And after those two go, like, what's that next? What's that next one that that next quarterback that, you know, retires? And is it four or five years from now? It, it becomes a problem for some quarterbacks where if you don't, if you're your first round pick and you don't hit that, you don't, you'll hit your potential you might not have a job, even though you're okay enough to be on the field. It's like the Alex, Alex Smith syndrome. It's like, you're good, but you're not good enough. You can't get us there where we want to get to. It's just like, uh, Baker, you can get us only so far, but we're going to go with Deshaun who maybe have the potential to get us to the promised land. It's the same thing the 49ers got to decide with, with Jimmy versus Trey Lance. It's like. Real quick. Do you think if they don't try to find a trade partner by a certain time of the off season, by the time the draft comes around, say teams are just like, okay, you know what? Rather than Baker, we're just going to try to draft one of these. I know it's not a great quarterback class, but like Malik Willis, the kid you were talking about last year, maybe we try to get him and see what happens there. They don't get him. Maybe the Browns try to work a trade during the draft, quick, shortly after the draft. I think if you get to a point where it's a few weeks after the draft and he's still on that roster and nobody's traded for him, I could see him just out and out releasing him because there's not they, they, Baker was hard to deal with yeah. and emotional when he knew he was the guy and the only option. When right. he has nothing to lose and he knows he's not the future, what do you think he's going to do when things go wrong? They're going to have enough of a distraction with Deshaun Watson uh you know, in in the civil suits and everything. And just the circus that's going to bring. Look, proven innocent or not, that stigma's still on his name. Right. And rightfully or wrongfully, depending on what really happened, we don't know. Uh, it's going to be something that sticks with him for a while. And they're not going to want to deal with that. And then Baker behind there throwing a tantrum because he's not starting. Because, I mean, talent-wise, Baker Mayfield isn't in the same stratosphere as Deshaun Watson, let's be real. Clearly, Watson's the guy. You don't make that move if he's not. Baker's not. So they can't have him on the roster come opening week nope. if there's not a trade for him. So you just take that dead cap hit. You, obviously, you're not worried about spending money. You just give Deshaun Watson the farm. You have no choice. You put yourself in this position now, both from Baker's end and from Watson's end. And 
it's at a time when quarterback play in the NFL, as far as I can remember, has never, ever been better, top to bottom. Look, Derek Carr isn't Tom Brady, but when Derek Carr is the, quote, worst quarterback in the AFC West, that's saying something. I I look at Baker, and and I'm just – this is a make or break season for him. And this is not, that's not just me contextualizing. That's like legitimate. He could end up being a 10 year starter somewhere else, or he could end up like yep. Mari- Mariota, who yep. there was rumors he was going to get a starting job. He is still a free agent. I still he think has, he might. I still think he might, honestly. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go, but his, you know, each year he's not a starting quarterback. It, it doesn't help his case. He's not going to a contender. I'll tell you that much, no, no. but, but um, if I'm the Browns, I start, you know, I contact the Seahawks. Uh, I know there's interest from Indy. I disagree with it, but I know there's interest. I contact the Panthers and I'm just like, okay, this is where we're at. Where are you at? And you know, if, Look, if they can't get the value they want, they might have to understand that their value might be a little bit higher than they, they it, it realistically is. Yeah. So if it's a fifth round pick for Baker, then so be it. Like, you're not going to get a great return on investment from Baker Mayfield. You're not getting a first round pick. You're no. probably not getting a second round pick. And I, I don't know if you get a third round pick. And get what you get. What you can. Yeah. And just real quick, because we're, we're ran way long, um, you know, I, I as far as Mariota goes, I mean, he I could easily see him if it doesn't if Baker doesn't happen, I could easily see him potentially going to a Giants and like a QB competition kind of thing, or a Lions even the Lions taking a chance on him. Um, the thing with teams like the Lions is, yeah, they have Goff. Yeah, Goff's not great, but they have somebody. Uh, you know, the Panthers. Yeah, Darnold's not great, but they have somebody. The Seahawks. Drew Locke's not great, but they have somebody. And he doesn't have anybody. If Andy had any faith in Ellinger, he would have been a starter this past year before uh, in front of Wentz. Uh, he, they know he's not the guy. So Andy really has nobody. So while I agree with you, as I stated earlier, uh, Baker's not a good fit in Indy at all. Th- that uh, I still think they're going to go for it because they don't have anybody else. They have an unproven second or third year guy who they clearly don't have faith in to be the guy. Otherwise, they wouldn't have signed Phillip Rivers and they wouldn't have traded for Carson Wentz. Uh, they know they have to do something. And it's either, I, I, I don't see it being anybody but Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield under center in 2022 to start the season for the Colts, personally. All right. Anything else? You good? No, I'm all set. All right. Well, we ran about an hour longer than we said we were going to before we started, but I think it was good. So hopefully everybody out there enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening to episode 169. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related in general, Ben and I'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and subscribe. And ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next Saturday. Thank you.